to the ether today is monday november 14th 2022 today on the ether the cz ama hosted by binance let's take a listen hi everyone thanks for joining cz will be here soon just so you all know uh, this space is going to last for about an hour we'll try and fit in as many questions as we can during that time if you'd like to ask a question just raise your hand um, and i'll try and get to as many as you as possible once you do come on stage, if you can please get straight to your question, be ready to ask it. Um, and don't share any unnecessary details or share any projects or anything like that. I'd like to keep this as efficient as possible so we can you know, um, answer as many things, share as much information as we can and so on. Um, yeah, so I'll add you onto the stage. Please, if you can just have your question ready, keep your mic muted until I call on you. I'll aim to go in order of the people that were added onto the stage as well. Just two other things. We've seen a few questions coming in in our twitter replies over the last few days so we're going to take the first five to ten minutes to just run through those with cz directly first so hopefully we'll answer quite a few of your frequently asked questions before this even starts and then the other thing i see cz just tweeted that he's going to be a minute or two late so we'll just sit here in silence until um he gets off his previous obligation and makes it here so thanks everyone for tuning in um we'll be getting started in a minute Hey, Susie. Yeah. How's it going? Not too bad. Sorry, I just rushed back. Yeah. Oh. No problem. Okay. Well, we've got a bunch of people here, so we can get started. Um, yeah, so we're just going to go through a few frequently collect asked questions before we get into the stage ones. So uh, first things first, I know that you have been releasing a bit, bits and pieces of information about um, proof of funds and liabilities. So if you could just go into a bit more detail around this, like when, when would we expect a full audit? Of the reserves to be released, what would it include? Who might the order to be, and so on? Sure. Um, yeah. So um, proof of reserves is a um, mathematical way to prove uh, that your balance is included in a tree of balances uh, and into the final balance, and then um, <clears throat> it's using a Merkle tree uh, algorithm. Um, I actually did this in um, together with Steve, uh, sorry, uh, together with James Thomas um, uh, in um, two thousand fourteen. So the uh, Merkle tree is not a new thing. Um, it's been around for years. Um, so uh, it basically ensures that you, it basically let users ensure themselves that their funds are including a grand total. And we make sure that the total is there. So, um, and uh, originally, um, we typically need a third party auditor to be involved. Unfortunately, uh, number one, the third party auditor was kind of busy because everyone's trying to do um, proof of reserves. And secondly, the third-party auditor is one auditor that FTX used. I wouldn't name who, but uh, uh, there's a bit of scrutiny there. Um, actually, this afternoon, I was actually talking with Vitalik. Uh, Vitalik wants to come up with some type of new uh, proof-of-reserves protocol. Um, and I, of course, offered to use Binance as the uh, guinea pig or the, test, uh, the first test, ca test, uh, test case. And he's quite, uh, he, he's quite excited about it. So we're connecting our teams to to do that. So roughly, we'll expect probably a couple of weeks 
so this is the reason why uh, we publish all of our code wallet addresses so that people can see our code wallet addresses directly. Um, uh, it's not as good as Merkle tree, um, but yeah, at least yours, like, look, this is how much funds we have. Um, and you should roughly cross bond to when we do the Merkle tree proof of reserves. Um, and it's good that other exchanges are following. And, uh, um, but yeah, uh, I, th I think anything we can do to increase, increase transparency is good. So that's kind of the rough timeline we're looking at, a couple of weeks, short answer, but that's a long, longer, longer version. Great. And then just to take that then to the next level, um, Binance specifically in the lull period before that full transparency is released, how safe is Binance right now? How can the users maintain their trust and does Binance have any current, current liabilities? So uh, Binance, we, have ran, we ran a very simple business. Uh, we have not taken loans uh, from other people. Uh, we have not taken VC investments. Uh, we especially have not taken VC investments and then give the money back to the VC through a loan or, or, or a swapping or a reverse investment. Um, and we just, have, we just have never done that. Um, we don't have loans. We don't have debt. Uh, we don't owe anybody any money. Um, so no one, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I believe in the industry, we don't owe anybody any money. No one gave us loans. Uh, we, do not, we also did not give loans out of the platform. So uh, we never take user assets and give it to a third party to manage and try to make yields, et cetera. Uh, we do do a couple of things. We have a margin program where users' savings products um, are used to provide um, uh, uh, lending for the margin traders. But the margin traders cannot withdraw that money away. And our system does all the risk management. If the margin traders are out of margin, we liquidate and we do the, we do the risk management. So the funds never leave our platform. Um, we do do a bit of uh, DeFi staking, but we only interact with a smart contract protocol. And we do that in a fairly limited basis. So we don't have funds that we give to another third-party fund manager and we, we rely on them to perform well and not run away. Um, and we, oh, lastly, uh, many small exchanges rely on either each other or Binance for liquidity. So that means they have to make a deposit on Binance. And then, um, uh, so they, in their account, uh, they will typically have millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, on Binance or in another exchange um, to, to sort of share liquidity. Binance, because we're the largest liquidity pool on the planet, we don't use other smaller exchanges for liquidity. So all of the user funds, uh, all of our funds stay on our platform. Uh, we, don't, we don't use other platforms for, um, uh, to borrow the liquidity. So from all of those aspects, um, our funds stay on our platform and we publish the address, it's transparent. Um, so yeah. Um, Nothing's risk-free, right? So um, uh, crypto exchanges are inherently quite risky businesses. Um, you have to run them well. You have to do security well. Um, you, have to do a, you have to do a number of things well. But we're, 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 we're self-contained. We don't owe any other people uh, other money. So that's, we're, we're very clean, very simple business. We also do not do futures trading ourselves. We don't have a quant trading firm. Um, so we are not trying to make money from trading, uh, from trading ourselves. Uh, we're not trying to be a quant, uh, quant shop or like a, a hedge fund shop. Uh, we make money for, through trading fees. Uh, lastly, we do have market makers. You, we rely very heavily on third-party market makers um, that provides liquidity. Um, there is one market maker which I'm an investor and shareholder of, and I make sure that um, uh, that liquidity provider does not make profits. So um, we try to make it not lose money, so they just provide liquidity in the market. Um, they're not profit-driven. So, um, yeah, the, we, we, we run a very simple exchange business. Yeah. 
Okay, great. And then just one final question along these lines. So as you know, we released um, a, a links to a bunch of our internal wallets in for some increased transparency this week ahead of proof of reserves. And there was a report from a blockchain analytics firm that, that dug into the details a little bit there. And we had a question around um, some of the percentages of the holdings that were shown in those wallets. So what's your take on, is it too risky for Binance to be holding a big percentage of BUSD and BNB in its reserves? Uh, so, um, um, no, short answer is no. BUSD is the most um, uh, fiat-backed stablecoin. It's audited by NYDFS. Um, well, it's not issued by Binance. It's issued by Paxos. Um, two very separate companies, two very separate management teams. They started way before Binance. Uh, Paxos used to be ITBIT. Um, I think the Paxos founder, Rich Thiel, um, uh, uh, was on a separate Twitter space AMA yesterday. Um, which I joined briefly. Um, I was actually, uh, we, were, we were actually both in Indonesia for this conference. Um, and uh, BUSD is the most fiat-backed stablecoin, and that's fully audited, um, and um, that's transparent. They publish their monthly holdings report. Um, and whereas other uh, stablecoins um, use a lot more corporate, corporate bonds, uh, corporate, um, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, corporate bonds, corporate treasury bills, uh, and then there are other stable coins which are, which are um, uh, kind of a black box uh, to the to the outside. Um, they don't provide audit reports, etc. Um, and then there are, there are other algo stable coins. Uh, BUSD is the simplest stable coin. It's fiat backed. It's very transparent. Um, uh, it's not a large portion on our um, on our exchange. Uh, if you look at the total total asset value, uh, BNB is an even smaller percentage on exchange. Today, in a bear market, if their assets do not include a large percentage of stable coins, that is a risky sign. Um, because in, we're in a bear market, a lot of people have converted from Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB into stable coins. On a crypto exchange, uh, when they release their reserves, if it doesn't contain a large stash of um, a large, a decent percentage of uh, stable coins, um, there's usually a, um, something missing. Um, that's, a, that's actually usually a um, warning sign. Not to say it's guaranteed a problem, maybe they haven't released it yet, but um, um, that's something that people should look into. So um, we, I believe that our, uh, uh, our um, uh, proportions are actually very, very healthy. Okay, perfect. And then just two quick, slightly more positive questions before we open the floor to the rest of the community here. So CZ, today you put out an announcement about an industry recovery fund. So perhaps you could expand on that a little bit, um, maybe give some insight into how that could help projects thrive or what criteria we might be using to, to help assess that. Sure. So I think, well, um, given the events that transpired in the last week or so, there's quite a, um, there will be quite a number of good projects. Um, they, not, they basically didn't, really didn't do much wrong. They were building their products. Uh, they may have their funds on a exchange that went down. Or they may be um, uh, they may be invested, etc. Um, for a ver for various number of reasons, uh, they may be negatively affected. Um, but otherwise, other than the sort of a liquidity like uh, short of money in the short term, they are good projects, good products, uh, good community, etc. Uh, good team. Um, we want to help those projects to uh, survive um, this um, uh, uh, this turmoil. So uh, the best way to provide uh, to help them is to uh, help them through this uh, liquidity crisis, uh, basically giving them money uh, or investments, etc. Uh, we actually think that this is a pretty good time to do it because you no, know, uh, most of these projects' valuations are much more reasonable than they were uh, a year ago. 
Um, so, um, so yeah, we, um, this is, this is not, uh, to be very honest, this will actually, this idea didn't come from me. It come from one of our co-founders. Um, and we said, Let, let's embrace it. And we're still figure, figuring out the details. Um, but we want to look at more projects. We want to, uh, especially projects that, uh, um, that are in, in, in need of help. Um, and also after I put out that announce, uh, that tweet, um, four or five other funds actually reached out to us saying they also want to help. Uh, a few projects reach out to us as well. So we'll be going through that. Um, and um, so I think basically now um, there are a few players in the, in the industry who still have a very healthy uh, cash reserve. Um, Binance is one of them. And we want to help the projects, the strong projects, the good projects um, that need cash to survive, uh, to survive this crunch. And then the guys who, the project that survived this difficult time is actually going to be much stronger later on. So, um, um, so I think, you know, as, as, think, as negatively as things look right now, uh, we actually think this is a very good cleansing period and the weak project is gone. Um, the industry is actually much healthier, uh, even though it's extremely painful during this period, but, uh, we, we, we want to invest in strong projects right now. Okay. That's clear. Thanks, CZ. Um, okay. So just one question left before I do that, I'm going to start bringing people onto the stage. So just a reminder, please try and keep your questions as quick as possible. Just remain muted until I, I call on you and then, uh, yeah, you can ask your question from there. So CZ, final question from me. Um, what's your suggestion to the average crypto user? What, how should they act? How should they think in a market like this at the moment? Um, so I got to be very careful here, um, giving um, what to do because everyone, um, everyone's situation is a little bit different. Um, but basically, um, you, you should not invest in crypto if you're using money that you need for next week or next month. You should only be using discretionary cash that you don't need for a long time, like maybe a couple of years. And if you if you if you're doing that, um, if you don't know what's going on, just hold. Um, a couple of years later, all of this will blow away. Um, people may or may not even remember this. Um, and um, if you, yeah, that would be the overall overriding sort of general simple principle. If you don't know what's going on, don't try to uh, guess what's going to happen, uh, sell here, buy there. Um, right now, during the next little while, it's going to be highly volatile. Uh, a lot of different news may come out. Some of them will be very positive. Some of them will be very negative. Um, it's very hard to predict. So we, we will go through a period of high volatility and high unpredictableness. So yeah, so unless you're very experienced, very mature, um, very confident and, and can handle the risk, um, I would recommend most people just, just hold uh, for this period of time. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it really, yeah. Okay, great. So onto the community questions then. So first up we have Anthony. Morning, CZ. You had mentioned that um, Binance doesn't have any debts or, or any loans that have been made, but I'm just curious on this contagion effect that we're expecting. Um, is this going to be affecting any subsidiaries or any of the major investments that Binance has made in the, the most recent time? Um, I'm actually not too... Uh, that's a broader question. Um, I'm actually not too sure. Um, we haven't heard from, from our portfolio companies. So far, we have not heard like big cries for help. Uh, I think the Binance ecosystem is much less, or BNB ecosystem is much less impacted. Um, they are all much more closely uh, aligned with, you know, the Binance ecosystem. Um, so I haven't heard of anything, but we do, we have invested in like 150 something portfolio companies. Um, I don't know the state of all of them. Uh, we, yeah, so um, 
I do know there will be some uh, co uh, cascading contagion effects. Um, there will be a few other players uh, who either have money on FTX um, and a significant amount, significant enough amount that it may uh, cause them cause them trouble. Um, but um, in this type of situations, the first one to go down is usually the big one. Um, the cascading effects become smaller and smaller. So if we look at like you know uh, Luna UST, that was like forty billion, fifty billion dollars of value. That's being destroyed the cascading the first order of cascading ones three arrows is like a six four four five billion dollar uh size fund and then the third um the third layers are the celsius voyagers they're like you know half a billion to one billion one billion dollar kind of so one billion dollar kind of range so each time it cascades um it's more spread out and smaller so um and we also seen from the price that you know when three arrows happened it, it was a big uh, not three arrows uh, when luna happened it was a big drop when three arrows happened it was like okay yeah this is a fallout effect from the other thing um so uh that's kind of uh, how i view the con the potential contagion effects there will be some um but i think the um uh, the major impact's probably out but don't quote me on that um i i could be very wrong here but um i i think that the um, uh, I mean, the, the, the stuff that happened at FTX is like surprise is extremely surprising to everyone. Um, I mean, if I was writing a fiction, I couldn't imagine this stuff up. Right. So, um, I think that that's, that's really an outlier. Um, and, um, the rest are probably just, you know, um, uh, uh what we call collateral, uh, collateral damage because of that, uh, the effects should be smaller. Um, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Anthony, for the question. Next up is Dana. Dana, please go ahead. Hi. Um, I hope you can hear me. I'm having a bit of a communication issue. Um, I wanted to know, are you guys going to reveal the data, the amount of uh, withdrawals happening, um, let's say, in the uh, following days, as you know, a lot of people are advising people to take out money out of the uh, out of Binance, out of everywhere to see that the companies are stable and sustainable, because at the end of the day, um, as I know, a lot of people are trading on Binance, and we do want to hold substantial amounts on the uh, exchanges, but, you know, our trust is a bit broken. And uh, I wanted to know if uh, there's going to be transparency on uh, the amount of funds being withdrawn over, you know, the period the uh, period ahead of us. Okay, Dana, sorry about that. It seems like we've lost CZ. Um, give me a second. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I was on mute. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, sorry, yeah. Um, so uh, we published our code wallet addresses like you know, a few days ago, and um, um, there's many third-party platforms that track those uh, addresses and uh, transfers on those addresses very carefully. Um, I think there's, has, there's been no news about significant withdrawals from those addresses in the past few days. Uh, and whereas there has been news about significant withdrawals from other exchanges who have disclosed their addresses. So I think you guys can see that on Binance, for us, it's, it's business as usual. Uh, we do see a, a slight increase in withdrawals, um, but it's not like you know. Uh, whenever whenever prices drop, we see a we see a uptick in withdrawals. That's quite normal. Um, so for us, we this is like kind of very very in line with uh, price drops. We have not seen like you know, eighty percent drop uh, withdrawals from a cold wallet or um, fifty percent uh, funds flowing out. Uh, from our platform, where it may be happening in some other smaller platforms. So for us, it's still business as usual. Uh, the addresses are fairly transparent. People are tracking it. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Great, nice and simple. Thank you, Dana, for the question. So I'll hand the mic over to RSA BTC. 
Hello guys. Um, my question is regarding BUSD. Um, CZ, can you tell us if I have my BUSD in cold storage and let's say hypothetical Binance. Uh, I think it's breaking up. Did you guys hear the question? I, yeah, I think, I think the question was essentially how, how safe is it to be holding BUSD regardless of where you have it. So if you, sorry, I think I got muted there. Did you hear that, CZ? Uh, so if you want to hold it in BUSD regardless where, and then you got cut off. If you want to hold it. Oh yeah, go ahead. Um, I just like to know if I hold BUSD in my cold wallet, and let's say hypothetical Binance goes under, can I go to Paxos and claim my BUSD back from Paxos? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so BUSD is issued by Paxos, um, and uh, that's the place to redeem it. Thank you. Okay, that's nice and easy. All right, next up is Lani. Lani, go ahead. Yeah, hi, guys. Um, first, uh, I want to say thank you to CZ for all that you've been doing for the community. Uh, we truly appreciate you. Um, I, I have two questions. My first question is regarding to... Um, to Paxos, are they FDIC insured? If anything happens, is there a guarantee that people can claim their money? Kind of piggyback on the question that they, they got for me asked. And the second question is regarding with um, with trust wallet. There's a lot of confusions out there. There's a lot of people saying um, Binance owns trust wallet and they can take your money out of it. I kind of know the answer to this, but I want you to kind of clarify for a lot of people on the call so they know what's going on, how Binance and, and Trust Wallet are kind of different in a bit, in a way. Okay. So um, on the first question, the Paxos, um, the, the, the insurance part, the FDIC insurance, I actually don't know the answer. Um, I would assume that if they don't publish on their website, they probably don't have it. Um, uh, I actually never looked into it. What we care about much more is uh, whether, they, whether the reserves are there in a bank. Um, insurance is good, but uh, my, my understanding is most insurance only, co only cover up to like you know, uh, 250K or something, some number like that. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not familiar with the insurance space. Um, and uh, so that's kind of on that. Um, maybe uh, we'll, we'll try to get the answer from Paxos some, somewhere. Um, and also there has, been, uh, there has been a lot of crypto companies claiming they have insurance, but I've never seen insurance being paid out to crypto users uh, ever in the past. Uh, again, my information is limited. There may have been cases which, where I don't know about. So um, that's on the FDIC insurance part. On the Trust Wallet part, it is much simpler. Um, we acquired Trust Wallet um, three, four years ago. So we do own the intellectual property rights, et cetera, uh, of Trust Wallet. But Trust Wallet is an open source um, uh, self-custody wallet. So you can download the source code, compile it for yourself. You can read through it. Trust Wallet holds your own private keys on your device. Um, it's not part of Binance.com. Uh, it's not commingled. Um, there's even Trust Wallet servers do not have access, access to your private keys or the seeds. Um, and if you if you miss if you lose that if you lose your wallet if you lose your device and don't have a didn't and lose your backup, there's no way for anybody to help you recover funds. Not Trust Wallet servers, not Trust Wallet team, not Binance.com. This is this is the same as any other well as any other proper self custody wallet. So um, 
Uh, that's how Trust Wallet works. Um, um, uh, your funds on Trust Wallet is only controlled by you. You need to keep your device secure. You need to not lose it. And that's it. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, just before we go to the next question for everyone listening, I know there's a lot of people here. I've been getting a few messages on the side saying that audio is cutting in and out. I think, you know, there's just a huge amount of people on the Twitter space. So it's, it's messing up for a few people. Just want to reassure you that this one will be fully recorded. And we're going to write up all of the important answers and things as well. So there won't be a loss of information. Okay, so the next person on the mic is Crypto Palace. Or if Crypto Palace is not there, we'll pass over to Jess. Oh, great. Sorry, I was not ready. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, um, thank you very much for this wonderful opportunity. Um, actually, the reason why I'm coming up today is just to ask Fizzy. Um, lately, uh, I was in a space with uh, Mario that has been on for like 48 hours, and um, I see most of the uh, some people, dogs, discussing about Binance insecurity, that um, there are some, that Binance is actually regulated, but not following. Hello, can you hear me, please? Uh, you're a little bit, a little bit right. muted. Maybe you're covering your mic. Okay, can you hear me clearly now? Can you hear me? Yeah, clearly much better. Now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. That um, though Binance is regulated, but there are some uh some things going on within the website, which I think is it already talked about now. Okay, that okay. If at all Binance is regulated, why are some keynote security uh, risk issue is not addressed on the website? Okay, and um, they're talking about uh, some certain percentage in BUSD. Why is it such huge amount of money, such huge amount in BUSD? Why not in USDT? Okay, and um, why this issue is going on, I got uh, a message across why the space is going on that um, a particular regulatory body in, is trying to sanction Binance on that particular issue. What is CZ actually doing about that, please? And um, I'll say there's there's been a controversy on the space of people uh, them giving advice that um, uh, people should move out their phone from every exchange. Now, paraventure, most of the uh, Binance users move their uh, phone away from Binance. What is um, Binance open to do? At the end of the day, will there, will everything still be in place? Because moving the phone doesn't mean they are not attached or they are not uh, they will not be using Binance again. But just for security purpose, for the course to declare, probably after the course declared, most of them will still come up, okay, and then start using. But if everyone has advised, move their phone from Binance, what might possibly be uh, uh, the outcome from this, Binance? Is it, please. Okay. Um, I didn't quite catch the second question, but I'll try to answer the first and third one first. Um, and maybe, Alex, you can uh, uh, help me understand the second question. I didn't quite catch it. Um, first of all, on the uh, USD, on the stablecoin reserves, uh, well, on the stablecoin uh, portions in Binance, I think we answered that earlier in this chat or in this um, AMA. Um, and, but on USDT specifically, today, BUSD on Binance is like the larger portion. I forgot the number. I saw a number this afternoon. Um, I think it was like 20 or 19% or something like that. USDT is like just slightly below that, 18% or something. So. The two together cont contributes to quite a large, significant portion of the funds. I actually don't know what the exact number is on top of my head. Um, but USDT is significant. Um, and it's, um, but BUSD is large because when, when users deposit USDC, um, TUSD, and a few other things, we convert them to BUSD. When they withdraw, we convert back and give it back to them. It's one-to-one -one conversion. So 
uh, we have agreements. In, uh, we have agreements with uh, with the issuers for all of those. So that's uh, it's it's minimal risk. So um, that's so uh, as I said before, an exchange should have a healthy, especially in a bear market, that should have a significant chunk of stable coins uh, in their wallets today. Um, if they don't have it, that's kind of weird. So uh, USDT, we have a we have a pretty large chunk. Um, I just don't have the um, numbers in front of me. So um, the second, uh, the third issue, um, if people want to withdraw their funds, um, they should. Uh, we are a platform. Um, we uh, we don't we don't block people from withdrawing their funds. It's it's really up to the users. Um, if they want to withdraw it to anywhere, they can. Uh, we are here as a platform. If they want to deposit back and they want to trade on us, they can. Um, so nothing's going to happen there. Well, not, when people want to withdraw, withdraw their funds, they just with, withdraw their funds. Nothing else more is going to happen there. So um, it doesn't cause us. It doesn't cause us, us any problems. To be to be very frank, most people who know how to hold their funds on uh, on their own and who don't trade often are probably already doing that already. So uh, the people who are holding funds on Binance. Uh, while not trading, are usually the type of the type of people who are not technical enough to hold funds to hold crypto on their own securely. So, what like you know, even my friend Gabriel, he he advised people to withdraw withdraw funds to to their own wallets. I think that's a fine advice, but you have to take into consideration of how technical people are. Whether for for the average person holding their crypto themselves, so they have to keep your their computers secure, they have to keep your devices secure, they can't lose them. They got to have proper backup. The backups have to be encrypted and have to be stored in multiple places. And they have to have a way, they ideally, if there's a significant amount of money, they should have a way to give it to their kids when they're no longer around. And how do they prevent their kids before, the, if, when they're still around, how do they prevent their kids from getting that? So uh, most people are not technical enough to solve all of those problems today. Uh, the, uh, people who can solve all of, the, all of those problems most likely are already storing funds on th themselves. Uh, it does take quite a lot more work, um, which is fine. Um, so for us, we offer options. If you know how to do that, use Trust Wallet. Use another hardware wallet. Um, that's all good. Um, if you can't do that, uh, uh, asking people to withdraw funds to their phone to their to their own is fine. Um, for, uh, but for longer term, they may they they have a higher chance of losing that than storing that on a centralized exchange or on a trusted centralized exchange. So uh, there are balances. Um, again, we just offer options. We offer, we offer Trust Wallet as a hold your own uh, asset wallet. We also Binance.com, the centralized exchange for you to hold on a centralized pl uh, platform. We just offer options. We don't really care how, well, we don't really dictate how people should store their funds. You guys should decide for yourself. So um, nothing's, uh, Binance will be fine. Um, and also I can tell you today, if everybody withdraw their funds from the centralized exchange, we'll just shut down the centralized exchange. We have many other profitable businesses uh, that we have. Yeah, so um, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that covered it all, CZ. Thanks. So uh, we'll go back to Jess. Sorry, Jess, I think you're getting cut off there. No, thank you. Good morning, CZ. Um, hope next time we talk, it's on better circumstances. Um, but two questions. So you recently made a comment about, um, about exchanging moving large amounts of crypto before they demonstrate their wallet funds. Is there anything else that we should be looking at as far as a problem or red, sign, or red flag for other exchanges? That's my first question. And then my second question 
is mainly around uh, the narrative that's being uh, spun by mainstream media. You've been the focus of a lot of the articles, including the initial tweet saying that you were selling. Um, being that we have a lot of media here, what would you have? What would you say about the narrative that's being pushed um, in MSM as far as crypto? And what do you think hope will change in the upcoming weeks? Uh, sure. Um... Well, first of all, on the red signs or the um, dangerous signs, that's quite a lot. I won't, probably won't be able to sort of go through all of them. But I think the most important thing is probably just use your common sense. You know, a business has to be profitable to be sustainable. Um, and if the business is offering high rebates, uh, zero fees, um, all of this stuff, uh, uh, which is fine. You know, Binance does part of it, but Binance has a very healthy business um, to cover it. Uh, but if a, uh, but if a business is not sustainable and they're just doing all this uh, incentives to attract users, then um, that's probably the mo uh, the health of the business is probably the most important sign. So you want to use a platform that's uh, sustainable, that's profitable, that's healthy. Um, um, all this wallet uh, uh, transparencies, um, the guys who doesn't do it um, are probably at a high risk. Um, the guys who do it wrong are probably at a higher risk. Um, the guys who do it properly and no, and no issues being reported by the community is probably good um, to a large extent, not guaranteed. Um, and um, I think the more, uh, the more exchanges become more transparent, the better. So um, I think those are the two top of minds. But um, and generally speaking though, um, there, is, there are very strong network effects um, in the industry. The larger exchanges, like Binance spends billions of dollars on security. A small exchange will not be able to afford that because they just don't have that level of income. So at uh, the, econ the economy of scale plays here. Um, large exchange can spend that, uh, that kind of uh, resources and budget on security, compliance, um, et cetera. Uh, whereas um, smaller exchanges are disadvantaged uh, here. Um, um, and not to mention liquidity, uh, best pricing, et cetera. So those are just some high-level um, uh, things that people look at. Of course, there's, there's a lot of little things. Um, I will try to be more vocal about it, but every time I'm, I'm vocal about something, people think I'm attacking some competitor, et cetera. So uh, there's a balance there. Um, we, like, honestly, we don't view other exchanges as competitors. Um, their, their market share, um, their, their volumes are, if we take all of their volumes, we don't grow that much. Whereas if we grow the industry by 10x, we most likely will grow uh, proportionally. So um, we, um, while small exchanges may want to get market share away from us, uh, for us to get market share away from other smaller exchanges, it doesn't move the needle for us. So for us, we're much more focused on growing the industry instead of competing with some smaller exchange. Um, that's just not, that has never been how we work. So um, I want to clear that misconception. And the second point about media, <laughs> that's a very, <laughs> that's a very frustrating <laughs> somewhat frustrating experience, um, but I don't think we can change it in the short term. Um, if we look at the mainstream media, uh, many of them uh, either categorically uh, says crypto is bad, and whenever there's a problem in crypto, they amplify it. Uh, when Madoff ran away with like 10 times, when Madoff was gone with 10 times more money, $53 billion or something, or um, I don't remember the exact number, um, it was just him. It was just his, his own problem. It wasn't the industry problem. Um, so I think the, the narratives are a little bit unfair, but we're in a new industry. So people are um, skeptical of things. 
Um, and also, even within the industry, um, there are exchanges who are touted as uh, saviors of the planet, of the, of the industry that just went down. Uh, whereas um, they, uh, there's also the narrative of um, um, uh, this large exchange got large because, uh, because they do dodgy things. Um, that's completely not true. You only get large by earning users' trust. So users today are quite smart. Social media, Twitter, information flows very quickly. So, um, but it is what it is. Uh, it's just something we got to deal with. Um, but I'm very, very glad that we have Twitter. Um, so Twitter allows us to get our voice out. And we do have a decent following on Twitter now and on, on the other social media platforms as well. So social media is actually a great thing, a great tool for us to have. So I think that uh, restores a level of balance. But more importantly, I think we, over, over the long run, we do have to work with traditional media, you know, the newspapers, um, the, the, et cetera. Um, I think we need to educate them. We need to teach them uh, how to see through the sort of um, just um, narratives. Um, I mean, uh, there was another article on, on the reserves. There was another article. There was an article recently by Bloomberg saying um, that well, the reserves, uh, the first version of the article was um, uh, more than 50% of the reserves on Binance are its own coins. Uh, when I read that, I was like, what? Um, and then we looked, we, and, you know, it, it's a paid article, which I, I do not subscribe to. Um, but even in the first three lines, they show that, okay, most of it is in BUSD, which is not a coin that we issue. It uses the Binance brand, but it's not, it's not BNB. BNB is only 6%. The second version of the story is the reserves are um, 40, uh, 50% Binance brand is under its own brand. Okay, that's technically correct, um, but it's very misleading. Uh, and the way they use the wording, um, they the, obviously the journalists think that uh, our reserves are reserves, meaning that when people want to withdraw, we convert at that time for them. They didn't, uh, if you read the article carefully, they didn't even understand that our reserves are just the same form the user store with us. So if the user just happened to store all BUSD with us, that's, that's, that's all we have. Um, we don't convert. Uh, so like it's not a uh, it's not the reserve in the banking sense and the reserve in a crypto exchange sense are very different. And we just need to educate the um, uh, uh, the traditional media. So I think um, over time this will improve. But um, frustratingly, short term, there will be pains here and there. But um, I think at the same time, you know, as a community, the, they've been doing this for a while. Like this, this, this situation has been there for a while. I think, you know, as a community, especially the, I, what I see on Twitter, um, the guys who are on Twitter are quite immune to it. We all know this is the case. So over time, and the more we act and think like that, the less incentive for the media to do that. Because every time they do that, every time they report something that's slightly off, that's a, uh, that's a, that, that has a bad narrative, um, they, they lose their credibility. Over time, their influence will diminish. So uh, it's not good for them long run. In the short term, they can create some sensation and sell a few more clicks. But longer term, that's not going to work. So that's, how, that's kind of how, how I view media. Uh, we got to work with them, but we got to educate them. But you know, at the end of the day, the, 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 uh, the long term right messages, uh, uh, accurate messages will, will prevail. Yeah. Sorry for that long answer. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Jess, for both those questions. So next up is Felipe. Felipe, first, I'm going to ask you a question. Is that a verified blue tick or a Twitter blue blue tick you got there? Oh, I'm a Twitter blue, uh, Twitter blue tick for a while before the verified even became a thing. So it's just a perk that kind of got stowed. I didn't do it for the 
tick. I did it just for the other features like edit. <laughs> great. Okay. What's your question? Uh, yeah, my question is great. Uh, so uh, my question is focused actually on the Binance branded exchanges. I know they're separate entities, but they do hold the Binance name. And if any one of those exchanges have issues, it does hurt Binance name as a whole. So will you be able to push those exchanges to publish their proof of liquidity and overall business health? Uh, that's a good point. Um, we, we, we probably could and we should. Um, so there's a few. There's Binance Turkey. Uh, that no longer is Binance Singapore. We had to shut that down. Um, there's, there's a few out there. Um, that's a good suggestion. We should, probably, we should ask them to do it. Cool. Thanks, Felipe. Okay, next up is Jose. Hello, this is Jose from Benzinga. My question is, do you think it's possible that exchanges are sending funds to fake uh, the proof of reserves? And would what you were discussing with Vitalik, the proof of reserve protocol, solve this issue and how? Um, well, number one, um, I don't know for sure what's going on in other exchanges. Binance, I can tell you that we do not do that. Um, and I think there's been no reported suspicious activity, et cetera, related to us. For the other players, we can't, I don't, like, I don't know their books. I can't comment. Uh, well, I, I can't really be sure. Um, but it's just not a very good thing to do. They may have a, they may have a valid reason for it, or they may not. Uh, I don't really know. Um, but it is, a, it, is a, it is a red flag. So um, uh, just be a little bit more careful. Um, and um, uh, the uh, proof of reserve protocol, uh, to be honest, I had a very brief discussion uh, with uh, Vitalik. Um, I think he has it in his head, uh, probably a, some kind of design. And he's, he, he, he's very technical. He's very um, deep into this stuff. Uh, we didn't discuss in a lot of detail, but I, I, my approach would be like, I would connect him with our team and then they'll figure it out. Uh, we want to be the guinea pig for it and see, if it, uh, see, see how well it works. Great. Okay, next up is Zelu. Hello. Hey, please go ahead. Hello, ZZ. I want to talk to you about the investment to FTX that you did and how gave the exchange legitimacy to a lot of users like myself that went on the platform believing it was trustworthy. It doesn't seem fair for you to sell your stake and end up profiting while so many users were left with losses. And in all likelihood, it was probably the user's funds that FTX gave you in order not to raise any flags about their balance sheet. Do you feel obligated to give that money back to the FTX users? Uh, well, first of all, um, I think we exited as other investors came in. So I don't know what the... It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not possible to say which part of the funds are which. Um, I don't... I've not seen the transaction records, et cetera. Uh, we invested quite early. We, left, we, le we exited quite early. Both events are very public. Uh, we did not hide it. We did not, no, not disclose it. Um, I understand the sentiment. We actually also have, you know, we had five, 580 million worth of FTT. We sold a small portion of it. We still hold a large bag. Um, so I think we acted in very ethical uh, ways. Um, and um, I, don't want to I don't want to categorically so sort of say, hey, we must give the money back or not, et cetera. We will, we will try to do things to help the, FTT user, the FTX users. But the FTX users, um, uh, are, the FTX users choose to use FTX on their behalf, right? So uh, the information is public. 
Um, I don't want to create a situation where every anything goes down in the industry, Binance have to pay for it. Um, I don't think that's right for our users and for our people. So um, I want to do what's fair. Um, I want to protect the users. We want to help the industry to grow. But I don't want to categoric, categorically commit Binance to solve every problem and be responsible for every problem, be responsible for every user loss in the industry. So I got to be fair to our users. If we do that, Binance will probably become uh, 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 either bankrupt pretty soon, et cetera. That's unfair to our users. So, um, and on this point, I would also say, look, as a user, you also have a responsibility. You can't just blame all the respons responsibility to other people. When bad things happen, you, if you blame all responsibility always to other people, you will never be successful. You are always looking at the most responsible person for yourself, which is yourself, right? So when that, this FTX issue happens, Many people have a lot of different responsibilities. I think, look, the, uh, does a regulator have, have responsibility? Yes. But do they have full responsibility? Should they compensate all the users? Probably no, because regulations doesn't prevent a bad actor from acting as a bad actor. They, they, there are punishments, there are rules. But if a bad actor just wants to be a bad actor, you can't prevent it per se. Uh, in this case, I think they were lying. Um, they were, they lied, FTX lied, well, I think Sam lied to his employees, his users, his shareholders, um, regulators all around the world, and all, his, all the users. So yes, he should take the most of the blame. But at the same time, um, every, uh, the VC investors, including us, why did we invest them? I think that accusation was actually somewhat accurate. All the VC investors that invest in FTX made a mistake. Um, and uh, many of them are very professional investors. Why did they not discover this problem? Some of them are very large funds. Um, why did they not discover this problem? So um, we, can, we, can, we can look into that. But again, are they fully responsible for this problem? Uh, should they compensate all the users? Probably no. So um, everybody has responsibilities here. Binance, we, we, we take our responsibilities seriously, but I don't want to categoric, categorically promise oh, Binance is going to uh, commit to everything, etc. So that's that's kind of my take. I hope that's fair. All right, thank you, Zelu, for the question. So moving on now to Umbrella. Yeah, firstly, thanks, CZ, for kind of speaking your mind on Twitter. You saved me and a lot of people. Um, you know, our our last savings with kind of what you promoted on FTX and. I guess on that is what are your thoughts of Twitter as a community town hall and how do we bring more light to people like the dev who I noticed you followed on Twitter and he kind of warned us about SBF and what FTX were doing um, and kind of saved quite a few people um, from a retail perspective money. Um, and then secondly, on the, the proof of reserves, um, uh, don't you think it's more prudent actually to fraud an API with live wallet addresses? Um, and this can be integrated into the June dashboard um, rather than snapshots because, you know, it's wallets on chain. Um, anyone can see what those balances are. Um, like you provide APIs for your, your trading, et cetera. I don't see why, you know, exchanges can't provide those APIs. Um, DeFi protocols do it all the time. Sure. Um, okay. I think those are two uh, interesting questions. Um, I think on the first one, um, I think many people have tried to warn their issues here and there um, way before things happened. Um, you know, there's multiple uh, Twitter, uh, multiple Twitter KOLs, multiple uh, uh, news articles, etc. Um, but the um, it's impossible to 
uh, say conclusively there were problems. Uh, no one, like without full access to, uh, to, to FT, FTX database, uh, Alameda's trading records, all the contracts, et cetera. It would take like a very strong auditor to go through all of those things to, to say uh, for like 100% sure this, this is the problem and this is how big the problem is. I think it's going to take many months for, uh, for people to figure that out, even though like, well, and uh, even with what's happened now. So uh, while all, all of these KOLs, um, they are trying to warn users, the people may or may not trust them. And to be honest, their information may or may not be 100% correct. So you never really know. Um, at the end of the day, you have to apply a level of judgment yourself. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, even, 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 even me, um, I didn't know they were that insolvent, uh, until Sam called me. Um, so, um, this thing's like, we can suspect from outside, but mm, it's kind of hard to know for sure, unless you have full access to the data, all the internal workings, et cetera, which very few people had. So, um, I think, um, and also this, like, there's also a lot of people who try to spread uh, fake information to create FUD, um, uncertainty, doubt, et cetera, in the market, just to put, move the price around a little bit. Maybe they, hold it, maybe they just bought or maybe they just sold. Uh, they want to influence price the other way. So it's kind of hard to tell sometimes. But look, at the end of the day, follow the, uh, follow the KOLs you trust. And you should have a good judgment on trusting uh, good KOLs. If, 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 you don't, if you follow bad KOLs that turn out to give you wrong advice, unfollow them, uh, or long-term, you will likely lose money. Um, well, lose more money than you would. Uh, um, and, and, um, but, yeah, so, but no one has conclusive information. On the second part, uh, with an API, et cetera, I think that's okay. Um, but there are uh, different... Um, uh, there are different interest of uh, there are different uh, uh, alignment of interest issues. Um, for example, um, if Binance uh, wants to publish our API, we would prefer to use Coin Market Cap. Would every other exchange want to do that? I'm not sure. Um, and which central platform do we use? Um, and this and we're talking about this. We're talking about exchanges globally, right? Um, and um, for exchanges, by providing that data in real time, they are giving value to the to the platform they're providing, uh, either a commercial agreement or some kind of uh, incentive alignment, either through shareholdings or some, some, other, some other way to align the commercial interest. If that model is not in place, not every exchange will collaborate with that platform. So uh, in, a decentralized, uh, in a decentralized ecosystem, um, these things have to be built organically. There's no, there's no one that says, okay, for every wallet transaction, you have, you have to report to this API and their performance issues, right? So um, th uh, there are a myriad of issues. Um, I think the first step we can do is to say, hey, why don't, uh, why don't we lead as example and we make Binance much more transparent? Um, other exchanges can try to do it. Um, and, and when there's a common standard somehow emerges over, uh, if there's a common practice, emerges over a period of time, um, somebody will probably try to make a platform to, to sort of um, collect all those information and make a, uh, make a coin market cap kind of um, a platform to show that. There are already many data and analytics platforms in the, in the ecosystem, but they may not be as, as advanced as you, as you described. Um, and lastly, there are privacy issues, right? So if every time that somebody creates a new withdrawal address and is published online, et cetera, um, they could be 
privacy concerns. Um, so there's a lot of different considerations. It's not as simple as, okay, we just publish all the information publicly and any, everyone can look at it. In an ideal world, if, uh, when, if the human civilization is advanced enough, yes, we can make all the data uh, completely transparent. But we bring to privacy issues today. So there are many different um, considerations to be considered. It's not just a simple, hey, let's publish all this data. Yes, you, will, you, will, you may solve one problem, but you may create other problems. So as an industry, we just have to explore and learn. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing today. Okay, thank you, Umbrella, for the question. CZ, just really quick, do you have to drop in a few minutes? Yes, I think like we can go about, uh, actually, let me check my calendar. I think I do have a call. Um, actually, okay, I'll, I'll be late for, for about a five, five minutes on to the next, next call. Okay, um, well, it looks like my old iPhone has been struggling to keep up with 40,000 people in a Twitter space. I see now there's a couple of people that have been on the stage that I couldn't see on my other phone. So sorry about that. Sadiq, if you're there, would you want to go ahead? Okay, no problem. We can pass over then to Jason. Hi. Oh, sorry, Sadiq. Sorry. Oh. Go ahead, Sadiq. Hi, Hi CZ. Uh, thank you for, you know, uh, the proof of reserve and the announcement for the industry fund. Uh, I was going through the statistics uh, of Trust Wallet. Trust Wallet is now 646th, uh, ranks 646th, and last week it was 1,000. So uh, coming to Trust Wallet or any other custodial wallet, uh, you have mentioned about this, uh, uh, the keys. Uh, and many people are now, you know, pushing on move your funds to the wallets. Like, but as you have always mentioned, the technical knowledge uh, and, and the, uh, you know, the, uh, the threat of, you know, losing your keys. Is there some way we can find a solution to it? Like, uh, obviously, the, uh, what I see as, you know, educating more and more people could uh, uh, you know we uh, could we have a bit uh, you know a kind of a series of uh, lectures or workshops where we can tell the normal users you know how to use a, 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 a custodial wallet wallet sorry and second question was uh, regarding the proof of reserve uh, i know uh, you just mentioned about the api but can we have, uh, you know, data on CMC, which which exchanges have, you know, declared their proof of reserves? We don't have to, you know, not to track it uh, on chain, but just yeah, whether they have published their proof of reserves or not. Yeah, thank you. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, Spider. Yeah, thanks for the question. Um, on the um, edu on, on how to um, uh, the first question is like read the. I actually think that's the biggest bottleneck for uh, crypto adoption and growth. So if we can have a way to allow people to hold their own assets in their own custody securely and easily, that 99% of the general population can do it, um, I think DeFi is going to be huge and blockchain is going to be huge. Uh, centralized exchanges will not exist, uh, probably don't need to exist, which is fine, which is, which is great. Um, so, um, and then the DeFi world will be much better, will be much bigger, and we can do all of these wonderful things. So, um, and that's kind of the ultimate goal. Uh, so there's no, um, there's no quick solution uh, to, quite, to get there uh, in one step. Um, I think tools need to be built, uh, wallets need to be built, um, wallet, software needs, wallet software needs to improve over time. Um, and the education part, um, 
I fully agree. We're doing a lot on education. I wrote a 12-page article, the, the, the CZ um, Saifu FAQ, uh, which that was two and a half years ago. Um, and the content didn't change much. Uh, we also have multiple videos, uh, articles on Binance Academy. Uh, we talk about this topic uh, very heavily in a Binance Masterclass, which is a, a, like a, a classroom setting education program, which is also free uh, from Binance. Um, there's also countless other articles and educational material in the, um, done by other people in the community. Um, well, that's my next call. Um, and um, um, so uh, this, uh, so I think we, the education part is important and we, are, we have all been working pretty hard to, towards it, um, but it's an incremental thing. It's like not, there's no magic uh, bullet that just one, we do one thing, that problem is gone. Um, I don't see that happening. So we, as an industry, we're going to keep building uh, tools so that this becomes easier and easier. Um, the proof reserves reporting on coin market cap is a good suggestion. Um, but today, uh, if we implemented, if we implemented that, uh, that's probably only like a handful, like one or two exchanges that have it. So, and with only one or two exchanges that have it, it's probably easier just, you can probably just track it by news. You don't need a dashboard. Uh, when say 10, 20, when 5%, 10%, 30%, 31%, 34% of the exchanges have it, then having a dashboard is useful. Um, that, that may be a good idea for us to, to build into CMC. So uh, on, product, on product development, is a feature so simple that you don't need a feature for it, we probably don't need to build a feature. So that's kind of my view right now. Uh, things may change over the next few weeks, as more, uh, hopefully as more and more exchanges embrace proof of reserves. Um, and if CMC could do it well, uh, we, CMC could request for exchanges to, to uh, provide an API for exchanges to, to, to do it automatically, which is typically how CMC works. Um, and then that, that may become an automated process that the previous guy asked for. So um, yeah, things can, things can be built incrementally. So uh, all of these things are possible. It's, nothing's impossible. So uh, we, can all, we, can, we can all build this, but we need to build it step by step. All right, thanks, CZ. Have you got time for one more quick one? I can hear people calling you in the background there. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think we can, we can do one or two more. Uh, okay, yeah. Jason, please. Hi, ZZ. Uh, Jason here. I'm a former U.S. regulator at the FDIC and also a regulatory analyst for Forbes. I appreciate you doing this space, especially with such a large audience with what the industry is going through. Um, I was curious what your end game is and strategy, like on the roadmap for Binance with the United States is. Um, recently, there was, and I know the media we never exactly know what happens with the media, right? But like, there was a question about Iran and the sanctions and also some questions about after the Ukraine war with sort of Binance's relationship with Russian oligarchs. So just in terms of like the United States, because obviously that's an issue for the US and, you know, there's questions like, is, is the United States critical to Binance on your roadmap or is there no one country necessarily that's critical for the growth of, of your exchange? You know, how do you manage all the different countries and the geopolitics of it all being that, you know, you've recently you've said in the past, you're, you know, you kind of view yourself like Bitcoin, like you don't really have a quote unquote headquarters. And I appreciate that notion. I'm just wondering how you deal with all of that. Uh, OK, so. Um... Interesting question, and there's a lot of different topics there. Um, so, uh, first of all, uh, uh, well, I think on, on the last comment, uh, where uh, I don't think we compared ourselves to Bitcoin. We just said, look, Bitcoin doesn't have a headquarter. 
Uh, and that was really only a response to a um, comment like years ago, like two or three years ago, when we didn't have any headquarters say, look, uh, where's your headquarters? I'm like, Bitcoin doesn't have a headquarters. Why, why, why does things have to have a headquarters? Um, but um, today we have multiple headquarters or offices in different parts of the world. Um, the public ones are Dubai, France, Paris, et cetera. Um, the office addresses are not relatively public. In other places, we try to hide. Uh, we try to um, uh, keep the volume. Uh, the uh, sorry, to keep the office addresses um, private because we want to keep our employees secure. They have been threats, uh, etc., um, physical threats to our employees in the past. So we we have to be mindful of that. Um, and also, so that's kind of on the the headquarter office topics have been discussed to death. Um, you know, um, regulators expect you to have an office. We expect you have a registered address. You have to register a company. Um, there's certain directors. Uh, there's a structure that, that that they're familiar with, and that's important for to get licenses. And we have that. Um, and but in a sort of um, global operational sense, uh, we we use a remote workforce. Ninety um, percent of our workforce is remote. Um, people work in all kind of different places. Um, the only thing we need to we need for our work is a laptop and a phone, probably. Um, that's pretty much it, uh, and internet. Um, so you, people can work from anywhere. We have a system where um, we people actually work very efficiently from wherever they are. They don't have to commute. Um, their uh, work schedule is flexible. They join calls like today. Right now it's ten thirty p.m. for my local time. I'm I'm doing I'm doing this. Um, and this afternoon I took a nap. Um, so because I was a little bit tired. So like the offers are a very high degree of flexibility, not to mention that it allows us to hire people globally. So that's kind of on the headquarter Bitcoin thing. Um, second is um, uh, we just want to provide tools for people to, use, to access crypto, um, be it crypto liquidity, be it access to uh, crypto information, coin market cap, uh, be it hold your own crypto yourselves, trust wallet, um, be it open source blockchain development, which we just fund. We don't own anything there. Um, and many other things, NFT platforms, we, 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 anything that helps people to access crypto, we want to either help or invest or build it ourselves. All of those things are open. Um, so we just want to, we're, we're the tools builders. Uh, we're, not politic, we're not politicians. We don't get involved in politics. Uh, we also don't get, we try not to get involved in country disputes, wars, etc. We want to, we are against war. Uh, we're against dictators that start wars. Uh, we also, we actually also against dictators that prolongs wars. Um, we, but we we care about the people, so we want to help the people. So this is why we make donations to we. I think based on my knowledge, we're the we're the we're, we're, we're the company that made the most donations to Ukraine, um, and uh, uh, it, through multiple trenches and multiple uh, 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 charity efforts. Um, and are we against the Russian people? No, we're not. Um, but as a as a as a licensed as a licensed uh, business, we have to follow certain rules. Uh, we do not make sanction rules. When sanction rules are made, we follow them. Um, so when I said, look, um, I think it's unethical for businesses to decide to sanction an entire country. That's what I meant. I meant it's on. I think it's unethical for businesses like ours to unilaterally decide which countries to sanction. That we shouldn't do. And I'm not sure if even if that if, if that's even legal. But again, legal is per country. Uh, what's legal in, in Russia may not be legal in, uh, in, in the United States, for example. So we try not to get into those things. But as a licensed business, we need to follow uh, sanction rules, um, et cetera. So we follow that. 
uh, we don't decide, we don't make them, we don't decide them, we just follow them. So that's very clear. Uh, lastly, on your mention of, of, uh, of the Iran article, uh, we believe the article is grossly inaccurate. Uh, we rely on the same third-party tools, um, chain analysis, elliptic, TRM, that every other crypto exchange relies on and all the law enforcement agencies rely on. So it's the same tools that we use. Um, not all the tools are 100% perfect uh, all the time, and no, n uh, no one has complete data. So Elliptic actually came out with an article explaining that in a lot of detail. So we really thank Elliptic for standing out in the industry and uh, having the voice. Um, we also kind of uh, we also kind of know where that information where that misinformation came from. Now uh, we will not publish it just yet. Uh, we kind of and uh, it was we actually I'm just gonna say it. Uh, we have strong evidence where the information that was provided to Reuters to write the article came from a small exchange called Currency.com, who was invested by FTX. So um, if you guys dig, dig through that, you're going you're gonna to piece together quite a lot of the news. Um, so uh, whereas we, where we said before, we don't like industry players lobbying against other industry players and having news like that. Um, that's one case there. So um, I may be wrong. Um, you guys can do a lot of investigative um, research and see if I'm right or wrong. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's on the Iran piece. Uh, we follow sanction rules very, very strictly. So that's all I, yeah, that's what I would say. Um, okay, I think, Alex, lastly, uh, look, um, I know everyone's, uh, I think this is the largest uh, <laughs> AMS session I've had so far. And uh, it's obvious that people are, uh, jittery and interested and somewhat nervous about what's happening in the industry. I want to say short term, it is painful, um, but I think that this is actually good for the industry long term. I know a lot of people lost money short term. This is very painful. Many of you guys still have money stuck on FTX. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how the um, agencies who are supposed to handle that solve these uh, issues. There will be pain, um, but uh, as an industry, as a technology, not, this is not going, uh, the, the blockchain technology is not going away. The industry is not going away. The other strong industry players now actually are even stronger. Um, and now we're doing, uh, we're increasing transparency in the industry. We're increasing security in the industry. We're increasing our communications with regulators all, uh, all around the world. Uh, and we're rebuilding things. So I actually think that the, if we, Five years later, when we look back at this, the industry will become stronger because of this. So um, as much as some people blame me for whistleblowing or poking the, uh, the bubble, et cetera, I apologize for that. Um, but I, I actually didn't know my tweet uh, last Wednesday will cause so much change. I actually don't think it's a tweet that, that may or may not be, have been the tweet that caused it, to be very frank. Um, I actually don't want to claim too much credit there. But regardless, um, I apologize for any turmoil that caused, but I think any time, if there's a problem, the earlier we reveal it, the better. Um, keeping that problem for longer and not saying anything about it is probably even worse. So um, I will try to achieve a good balance. We will try to achieve a good balance between uh, whistleblowing, causing panic, causing prices to drop, et cetera, and building a healthy industry and, and cleaning out the bad players. So uh, going forward, we will work very closely with um, industry players. Um, and there's, other, there's a few other initiatives we are, we're, we're doing. In addition to the um, um, industry recovery fund um, that we are um, now just putting together, 
Uh, and thanks to everyone that who said they will want to chip in. There's four or five of them, and our, uh, we will we will we will we will release the names when when those things happen. Uh, we are also trying to form a industry association, a global industry association of the of the big players in the crypto space. And the industry, will, the association, will try to uh, maintain communication uh, with regulators and also maintain in, uh, uh, best practices in the industry, uh, including proof of reserves, transparency, etc. It will also uh, uh, it will also try to act as a single point of um, not single point as a point of. Uh, Communication on policy, thought, um, thought leadership, commenting uh, the pros and cons of different policies, etc. So we'll put those things together, and that this has been actually requested by multiple regulators to me. Um, and but this associations will not be ran by Binance. It will not be controlled by Binance. There will be a third party, uh, separate company that's uh, existing company that's done this many times for other industries to manage this type of associations. So we will do all of that. Um, and so, yeah, actually, a lot of positive things are happening in the industry. Uh, there's a few negative ones, uh, but a lot of positive things things are happening. So um, I'm actually very uh, I'm actually um, very confident about the future of our industry. Great, thanks, Easy. Um, just to confirm, do you have to run now? I see we've got one person left on stage. So if you can, it'd be nice to close out. Okay, let's let's do the last one. Perfect. All right, Josh, please go ahead. Hey, uh, thanks, guys. And uh, that was well said, CZ. Thanks for doing this. And thanks for choosing spaces. This is, um, I think, a really important uh, future for communications. Um, you know, another thing that's really important uh, that was mentioned here is is uh, narrative, right? And and um, I think I think the the sentiment in the in the media is so sour right now. And I think that um, I think that uh, barring you know the catastrophe that happened here, I think consumer protection is one of the things that um, centralized exchanges can 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 really get right, you know, in a way that DEX can't, in a way that decentralized exchanges are not are not going to be able to, or, or or it's going to be much harder for us. So I'm I'm a decentralization uh, maxi, by the way. So, but I, I I think that centralized exchanges have this really awesome role that they're going to be able to play. So I guess my question is, because you seem like the most Binance seems like the most friendly, <laughs> the biggest ally to DeFi that they're uh, of of the bunch. So it seems like. I want to know if you have any ideas for how we can maybe um, what what in what ways we can work together to build this bridge to kind of create an on-roading ramp that is both safe and convenient through centralized exchanges and then also maintains that security as, as a handoff and transition to introduce them to DeFi because I think there's just so much additional opportunity and and, and you know opportunity for prosperity on on and DeFi. Um, that's a big question. Um, there's a shorter version of the answer. There's a much longer answer. The shorter version would be, let's just support entrepreneurs and developers. That's all we got to do, right? So <clears throat> there are millions of de developers in the industry now. Um, there are probably a few thousand very strong entrepreneurs or teams uh, building in the, in the ecosystem. So we just got to support them, um, help them uh, invest in them, help them raise money, uh, help them with token economic design, uh, give them liquidity, lift them, um, help them to do initial sales, launchpad, etc. So we, we've done this with many, many DeFi projects and we'll continue to do so. So uh, just because we're a centralized exchange, well, actually, just because we have a centralized exchange um, doesn't mean that's the only thing that we want to protect uh, or we want to grow. In fact, we're, we're not really trying to protect that um, from, the, from a business perspective. We're, we're not, I don't think that's the end game. Um, so I think DeFi is the end game. Um, so we're investing very heavily in DeFi. 
Um, the how do we get there? There's many different things we can do. Um, so, um, but fundamentally, I think the the, the industry is going to be built by entrepreneurs and strong projects. We just got to support them, and we we try to be one or multiple of them uh, ourselves. We have multiple teams working on multiple projects. Um, so uh, Binance is unique. Uh, our ecosystem has both centralized exchanges and decentralized protocols, and actually. We have more, way more projects in the decentralized space, but they're a bit smaller. Um, but Trust Wallet is not small. I think the last time I looked, Trust Wallet has 50 million downloads. Um, that's a pretty large number. Um, it's not that much smaller than Binance. Binance.com has like 120, 130 million users. Um, Trust Wallet has 50 million downloads. So that's pretty significant. Um, <clears throat> So um, we are happy to grow both. Um, so that's why we're, 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 we're technology agnostic. We're not trying to centralize everything. We're not trying to bring everybody onto the centralized exchange. If you're, if you're good enough to use a de- uh, decentralized exchange, um, be, go, go for it uh, if you like it. So we just offer choices uh, and we support entrepreneurs that build in this ecosystem. So that's kind of our view. It's, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Josh, for the question. And CZ, I apologize on behalf of 40,000 of us for making you late to your next call. So I think we can leave it there. Um, Yeah, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I really appreciate it. It's definitely been the biggest Twitter space we've had as Binance. So maybe we need to get on again soon to continue the discussions. Um, As always, thanks for people raising their hands. Sorry for those of you that we didn't get to. I think pretty much everyone was a unique speaker this time and we'll continue to try and do that. So give different people the opportunity to raise a question. So until next time, thanks for listening and yeah, see you soon. Thanks, CZ. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the CZ AMA hosted by Binance, recorded on Monday, November 14th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay. Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way. Resuscitating major players in the waiting room. Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools. Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom. Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom. Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news to let us know what we should believe is the latest truth. Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio. Trying to keep Keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls handed reports in The latest proof ain't a way to move Change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the lash, letting rhythm scratch No shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine The latest proof ain't a way to move Change the view Just a bunch of peck heads Living in a chicken coop Picking at their dinner finger Licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute Then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two 
Show me what that think it do. Two plus two. Show me what that think it do. Two plus two. Ten spaces.